Hey everybody, welcome to Here's the Deal. Today we're going to be talking about what the what does the Bible have to say about drinking alcohol. Okay, that's one of the big questions that I have uh, received over the last uh, few weeks. Um, so I'm going to do my best in the short amount of time I have to answer that. But I do want to welcome you to the broadcast if you're watching on Facebook. Um, and those of you that are actually listening to the podcast, as I say every week, it'd be really great if everybody just went to the, the podcast and, you know, you go to Apple Podcasts, this little purple icon on your smart device, click on it, go to podcasts and type in, here's a deal with Rick Countryman and hit follow. And, uh, that would be great. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, make sure when, when we're done, that you give a, the show a rating and also leave a comment, okay? It doesn't matter whether you, the comment could be crummy, it could be great, I don't care what the comment is, but that kind of helps get the, 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 the podcast out there for people to hear, find, and uh, listen to. And then, of course, if you're listening on or watching on Facebook, uh, just hit share at the very end, and that way more people will get it. So one of the things I've been doing this new year is I've been taking uh, subjects. Uh, some of them are are controversial. Some of them aren't. And uh, they're really questions that you're asking. And today's is no difference. What does the Bible say about drinking alcohol? And I want you to know when it comes to this particular topic, there are a lot of believers who are very passionate on both sides of the issue very passionate, and um, their conscience is, is pretty, pretty clear on both sides of the issue. A lot of you feel a particular way when you talk about, you know, drinking alcohol and should Christians drink alcohol or, or not. And I want you to know that I'm glad that I have feelings. I'm glad you have feelings but I often say that your feelings have no IQ. <laughs> you can't educate your feelings. In fact, most of the time your feelings are, are pretty much irrational. Jesus said, it's the truth that sets you free, capital T. It's the truth that's found in the scriptures that will set you free. It's not your feelings. Your feelings are all great and wonderful. And sometimes our feelings can be based on truth. But um, what we need to do is just look at the truth of the Word of God and just say, hey, you know, does God's Word weigh in to the subject of drinking alcohol? Now, when you talk about any kind of topic, um, like drinking alcohol, like we're going to do today, you don't want to just find one verse and say, see, and you build a whole theology on one particular verse, one of the things you have to do when you read the scriptures is you have to look at the totality of the scriptures. You have to look at all of what the, the scriptures say and teach. And obviously, I'm not going to be able to do that in the short amount of time I have for this podcast or broadcast. But I do want to give us maybe a little bit of an overview of what the scriptures say. Okay, and I, and I hope to maybe... Um, show you uh, both sides of the issue, okay? So in Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 9, it says this, Drink no wine or strong drink, 
you or your sons with you when you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And so in Leviticus, man, God gives a pretty strong warning. Hey, look, when you go into the tent of meetings, and I'll give you, uh, in the New Testament, that would be church maybe, okay? Don't, don't go into the tent of meetings, um, you know, drunk or having drank wine. That, that, that's pretty clear. Leviticus, man, makes a pretty bold statement there, okay? In Proverbs chapter 23, there's this uh, bit of wisdom that's given to us. It starts with a number of questions in verse 29. So Proverbs 23, 29. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It's the one who spends long hours in taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will see strange things. You will hallucinate and say crazy things. You shall stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can go back to another drink? That happens, uh, you know, almost every night in a bar or somewhere in the world, right? I mean, people get drunk and they start seeing things. They start saying things. They get in fights. They start complaining. And the next thing you know, man, they're swaying around. And, man, they don't even remember when they woke up how they got a black eye or whatever. But you know what? They wake up going, man, I can hardly wait till tomorrow night or next Friday night to go out drinking again. Isaiah, the great prophet, In chapter 5, verse 11 says, Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may run after strong drink, who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. And I chose those three in the Old Testament to kind of give us a feeling that, you know what, the Bible gives us some some pretty good warnings about uh, drinking. And Leviticus, man, don't, don't go into the tent of meetings with any wine in your system or any strong drink in your system. Proverbs 23 says, wow, listen, um, those who linger over drinks and spend a lot of time drinking and getting drunk and all that, man, they got all kinds of problems. And then you have the great prophet Isaiah who says, man, woe to that person who gets up early in the morning and just drinks all day long, late into the evening. So, so, so that's one thought. And then, and then I got a couple others. I'm going to change the narrative a little bit, okay? In Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 7, it says, Go, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. In Psalms 104, verse 14, it says, You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of a man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen a man's heart. 
In other words, it's God, man, it's a blessing when God, you know, grows a vineyard or whatever and you make wine out of it. Listen to what Amos chapter 9 verse 14 says. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. Here's another reference to it's God's blessing that he gives people wine. When you get to the New Testament, uh, Jesus turns water into wine in John chapter 2. That's interesting. In Matthew chapter 26, one of, you know, it's kind of Jesus is kind of end of his end of his earthly ministry and he says, "I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of this vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom." And he's he's talking about wine there. Um in the New Testament, and I just want to be fair to both sides, in the New Testament, they didn't have all the water filtration systems that we have today. And so a lot of the water had, you know, parasites in it and bacteria in it that could make you sick or whatever. And so uh, a lot of times they would drink wine that had alcohol in it because the alcohol would have would kill the bacteria and the, and the parasites or, or whatever. And so with that said, you know, the, the Bible is full of truth and warns us many, many times about um, wine and drinking too much wine and what happens when you drink wine. And, and yet the Bible also says it's a, it's a blessing from God. Jesus actually makes wine in the New Testament. It's, in fact, it was his first miracle at that wedding at Canaan. So let me give you three things, okay? Just three things that I'll kind of wrap this up with that I, I think will, will help us, okay? In terms of what I believe the Bible teaches. And I'm okay if you disagree with me. I'm okay with that. Uh, I really am. But the first one is this, is that God doesn't want you to get drunk. That I know for a fact. That That is a sin, okay? In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, and, and do not get drunk for wine with wine, for that is debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I do know this. I do know for a fact that God's word says he does not want you or me or any of his people to get drunk with wine, okay? Key word there is being drunk with wine. Here's the second thing I want to point out. God doesn't want alcohol to dominate you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12, it says all things, Paul says all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. So in other words, just because something's legal, just because I can do it doesn't mean it's helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And so, number one, God doesn't want his people getting drunk. And I can tell you, number two, God doesn't want you dominated by anything. That's a sin. God doesn't want anything to dominate your life. And certainly, you know, you can get addicted to alcohol. It can dominate your life. Or you're drinking and you're getting drunk every night. I know people that have lost their, their families, lost their wives, lost their businesses, lost their careers because they were dominated with wine, but you can make that over anything. Some people are dominated uh, by food. You know, they can't stop eating. Some people are dominated over a lot of things. It could be work. Some I know people that are workaholics. They're dominated 
by, by that. You can be dominated by a lot of things, and that would be sinful. And certainly, God doesn't want us to be dominated by drinking wine. And number three, God wants us to, or wants you and I to, to care about others. So, so getting drunk, that's wrong. That's clear. That's crystal clear in Scripture. Number two, God doesn't want us to be dominated by alcohol. And number three, God wants us to care about others. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 8 says. But take care that this riot of yours not, does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. In other words, there are people out there who are weak in the faith. They're really weak in the faith. And uh, we need to be careful. You need to be careful that if you are choosing to drink alcohol, that somehow you're not causing somebody else to, to stumble. Now, some people, they throw that verse out and they use it for everything, you know. And uh, that doesn't mean you can't drink. But if you have people over to your home that you know are struggling with alcoholism, wow, Probably not a good thing to whip out a bottle of wine or hand out bottles of beer or whatever it might be. That doesn't mean you can't drink, but you do need to care about those that are around you. And, and you will have people who are around you who maybe they're not struggling with alcoholism, but they're weak in their faith. Their conscience is such that they just think it's wrong. Maybe they grew up with a, an alcoholic you know, mom and dad, and so here they are today, and they're going, man, it's just wrong. It's wrong. I don't want it around me. I don't want to be anywhere near it. And, and so their conscience, they don't drink. And you know what? It would be a horrible thing not for you not to care about that person if you had them over to your home or whatever. Just leave the wine or the beer in, in, in the refrigerator. Okay, so with that said, with these three things, okay, that God doesn't want you to get drunk, that, that God doesn't want you to be mastered by anything or dominated by anything, and number three, God wants you to care about others when you're around them, in my opinion... As I looked at the totality of Scripture, I don't believe that the Bible forbids Christians from drinking beer or wine or whatever. And, and, in other words, alcohol is not in and of itself sinful, okay? When you look at a bottle of, of beer or you look at a bottle of wine, that bottle of beer, that bottle of wine is not sinful in and of itself. It's drunkenness that's sinful, it's being dominated by the alcohol. That's sinful. It's not caring about somebody else. That would be sinful. Okay? I, thought, I think it's really interesting that God, through the Apostle Paul, gives us you know, some qualifications for the leaders of our churches. Okay? And it could be deacons. It could be elders. I don't know what the form of government is in your church. At the church that I serve at, it's elders. And it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. It says, this is a trustworthy statement. Okay, If someone aspires to be a church leader, they aspire to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests into his home, and he must be able to teach. These are just things that you should look for in a leader of a church. And then it says, he must not be a heavy drinker or violent. And then it goes on 
and lists a number of things. And then when you get down to verse 8, it says, In the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. In other words, even when you're looking for spiritual leaders, you know, God could have said through Paul, listen, I do not want them to drink. They cannot drink alcohol. But God doesn't say that. He just says, hey, listen, leaders of the church you know, just shouldn't be heavy drinkers. They can drink. They just can't be heavy drinkers. Obviously, it's sinful if they're getting drunk. It's sinful if they're mastered by it. And it's sinful if they don't care about others, you know, when they have them into their home or whatever. But God's word says even leaders aren't forbidden not to drink. And I have had some pastors over the years who I've had discussions with this about who will take 1 Timothy chapter 3 and they'll say, well, listen, if that's what God's word says a leader is, I think that leaders of the churches should even go above and beyond that. And I think that's crazy. That's what we would call being pharisaical. If God's word says this is what a leader is to be, then that's what a leader is to be. Don't, don't add to the word of God and make it sound more pious that, hey, if God's word says this, well, we ought to go over and above that. No, what we're to do is follow what God's word says. And so I'm somebody who believes it's okay for you to have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever. But don't get drunk, right? Don't be mastered by it and always care about others when you're going to participate in that. If your conscience is different than mine and you believe something different, I'm okay with that. You just want to be able to back it up with the truth. You want to be able to open the totality of the Word of God and say, look, see right here, it's crystal clear. The Bible says we should not drink alcohol. And if you can do that, man, I'd love, I'd love to hear from you. Because in my you know, 40 years of studying the scriptures, I've never found that verse that says you cannot drink. But what I have found is that we are to be sensitive. We're to be sensitive to those around us, care about others. We've got to make sure we're not mastered by that. And we also have to make sure that we're not getting drunk. So I hope this helps. Uh, maybe it caused more problems than other than than it uh, than I was hoping it might settle, but I always enjoy doing this. I always enjoy doing my best to share with you what God's Word says on different topics and things. And as I said at the beginning, this was not a comprehensive look at all the script what Scripture has to say about drinking. Just some. And um, if you've got a thought or a comment, make sure you let me know. Okay, blessings, everybody.